Broadcasting from the wine country in California, this is the Kick-Ass Relationship Show, where intimate secrets and modern advice for couples is shared to elevate your relationship to live sexier, happier, and have way more fun. We believe success in life is better when mixed with excitement and love. And now, here's your Kick-Ass Relationship Coach and best-selling author, Midori Verity. Welcome back, everyone. So happy to have you here with us. And I am so excited about this guest today. But let me ask you, do you find yourself stressing in the middle of the night or even during the day because you realize, shoot, maybe I am not ready for retirement. I haven't saved enough. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. Holy cow. Or Did you get hit in 2008 with the real estate market crash? And maybe you're still licking your wounds. Hello, I'm raising my hand. Well, today's guest is going to help us break through that and come up with some solutions and some ideas to help us so that we do not have to be eating top ramen for the next few years. So anyway, make sure you stay with us. But as always, we always kick off the show with my three minutes to thrive. And last week, we talked about how to set successful goals in your relationship. So successful goals for yourself and then also in your partnership to help keep your synergy going and keep your relationship fresh and exciting. Today, we are talking about how to crush problems and obstacles which goes right along with what we talked about last week. So when you're thinking about problems or obstacles, the first thing I want you to do, and I want you to write this down because this is huge. I want you to change your vocabulary and the way that you think about the term problems or obstacles. I want you to switch and I want you to reframe that and think of it more as a challenge. So whenever you hear the word problem, Substitute that with challenge. And with every challenge, there's always a solution, right? It's just how you approach it and find that solution, which is the key. And that's what we're going to be talking about in the next couple of minutes or so. So so keep on listening. So the next thing that you want to do is you want to brainstorm with your partner. So when I say brainstorm, you know, maybe it's while you go for a walk. Maybe it's during the meetings that we've talked about that you have each week or, you know, over a glass of wine, whenever it is, but try to have a set time when you are talking about the obstacles that you're running into or the challenges, as we said, that you're running into in pursuing the goals that you have set with your partner. And here's the number one. This is my pet peeve. This is the cardinal rule that you are not allowed to break. You guys listening? You are not allowed to say anything negative. As you're brainstorming, don't say, oh, no, that won't work. Or, yeah, but. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, but. That's not going to work because blah, 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 blah. Don't do that because that will ruin the flow. You It will crush your your imagination and your ability to really think big about what is possible. So while you're brainstorming, let your mind go. It doesn't matter. You're just brainstorming. You're not spending any money. You're not doing anything. So let your mind go. Do not allow any negatives to come in there. So the next step that you want to do is write 
them down. So write down everything. You can always go back and cross out what doesn't work or, or what you've ruled out. But while you're going through this brainstorming process, write it down. The next thing to do is if you are having a hard time and you're not coming up with a solution that really makes sense yet, there's something that's missing and you can't figure it out. You've thought about your strengths and what, what your resources are, but you just can't quite put your finger on what's going to work. What I want you to do is step away, sleep on it, let your brain process it and just kind of give it a break and it will come to you more naturally. So that's what I want you to do. Take a, you know, sleep on it overnight, maybe even take a few days, but as you do, things will start to solidify and things will start to come together. It's great to do while meditating too. So that's just another little thing to put in your little toolbox pocket. So that is our three minutes to thrive for today. Next week, we are going to be talking about emotional intelligence. You are definitely going to want to hear about that because emotional intelligence is so important in helping you overcome challenges like we've talked about, but in a much more successful controlled, intelligent way. So I'm going to be giving you some great tools on how to expand your emotional intelligence. So make sure you come back. If you are enjoying these three minutes to thrive, go to my Facebook page at Midori Verity. It's my business page and like it. And that's where I will post just these three minutes to thrive. So you can see all of them. All right. Without further ado, we are going to be getting on our guest today, Mr. Mickey Henderson. Let me tell you, a little about Mickey, who I just absolutely adore. He is the founder of ML Henderson and Associates and has been a financial advisor for 34 years and has worked with some of the most successful small business owners and professionals in the San Francisco Bay Area. His focus with his clients is to help them retire comfortably and leave their estate in good order so that their family is safe and secure as their primary goal. I think that's a really good goal. All right, Mickey, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Good. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Of course. So we're just going to jump into it because I don't like to waste a lot of time. And I have a lot of questions for you, Mickey, because I want to solve all these problems. And I want to avoid top ramen. That sounds so, perfect. Does that sound good? Okay. Yep. So here's the big elephant in the room. What if you are getting a little older, you know, maybe around 45 or 50 or even 55 years old, and you haven't saved very much money? Maybe you're starting, you had a business and that was going to be your retirement and that didn't work out. Maybe the real estate, um, real estate was going to be your thing and you were crushed by the, the um, real estate market crash, you know, whatever. But what what can you do starting today so that it is not horrendous later on when you're ready to retire? You know, when you ask me that, the first thing that pops in my head is for people to maybe go on the Social Security website and see what kind of benefits they're, they're going to be qualifying for at age 65, 66, 67, whatever your full retirement age might be. But that's that's where I would start. Okay, good. That's a great tip. Once you establish if you're getting any money from Social Security, then you've got to go on to figure out what your budget is and what your needs are. And if, you, if that's not enough money to sustain your lifestyle, then you need to think about saving money, investing money, accumulating 
enough that you have substantial assets for, for retirement purposes. Okay. So talk to us about that. So let's say, you know, you have some money that's going to be coming in from social security. I think most of us can assume it's not going to be enough by itself to live a, the life that most of us want to live. That makes sense. Yeah. So how risky should we get at this point? Typically, I try to coach my clients. There's a, there's a study called asset allocation, and it's a money management style. And basically, it gives us all about a 10-year window to look at. So if you, if you give me 10 years, if you've got 10 years before retirement, that's a really good number for taking risk. In 10 years, the stock market is probably going to do a pretty good job of giving you what you need as an average let's just say somewhere between 8 to 10% average over a 10-year period. So if you've got that long, you could save a substantial amount of money and get a pretty good return, and maybe you could double the amount of money you put away over that period of time. Okay. Okay. So I have to admit that what I have heard over the years is that, you know, invest in more risky, more, um, what's the term that I'm looking for, Mickey? The, you know, the investments that are not as safe when you're younger, take more risk when you're younger, but then as you get older. Your risk profile, you're probably speaking to a risk profile. The younger you are, the more risk you can take because you have a longer period of time to regain any losses you might have. Right. So So, if you're, I kind of think of it as, probably as far out as you want to go and this is this is an individual choice if you want to work until you're 80 then you could start accumulating money when you're wait till you're 70 and hopefully you have enough when you're 80 that's not a good idea but (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah let's hope that that's not the situation (laughs) so let's say you're 55 and you want to retire when you're 65 that gives you a 10-year time frame which is a pretty good amount of time to take a little risk so what i would recommend Go ahead. No, that's what I was going to ask you. Keep going because I want to know what kind of What I would recommend is at age 55, if you're planning on retiring at 65, to still still take some risk. And this is a really tough environment right now. Bonds are a terrible place for money, and that was the old go-to. The older you got, the more you put in bonds. There's an old adage that states, Put your age in bonds. And that, that used to be sort of a smart thing to do. It used to kind of make sense. When bonds were yielding 8%, that was a great thing. You could never lose money in a bond fund. The bonds would always re- return somewhere between 6 and 8%. You wouldn't lose any money. It was safe and secure. Today, it's a completely different scenario. Bonds are somewhere down. The 10-year treasury is paying just above 2%. 10 years to earn 2% over a 10-year period is ridiculous. I would never coach a, a client today to purchase a bond at these rates. So, so where do you go for safety? Where do you go for, for the steady Freddie money? That's, it's really hard today to find those kinds of investments without just putting your money in the S&P 500 stock market and possibly purchasing something that yields a dividend of one or two or three percent. 
Okay, so so tell us. I'm waiting. I'm like I'm sitting on the end of my seat, Mickey, because <laughs> I want to know what do I do? Where do I put it? You said be risky. You know, the, the first thing I think of is, oh, I should go buy some more houses and flip them. Yeah, you know, that's not a bad idea. I'm, I'm very diversified, and I'm very open-minded. I'm probably a little different than most financial planners that you would speak to. And I, most of my clients, to be really honest with you, they've made their fortunes in real estate. I have some really old families in San Francisco that are very, very heavily invested in real estate, apartment buildings, hotels, things like that. And they've done, you know, they've had these things for 50, 60, 70 years in the family, and they've accumulated millions of dollars in real estate assets. So, so that wasn't a bad idea. So I'm, I'm a big proponent of real estate. I think everybody should own at least their home. You know, there's a lot of people out there that think renting right now is a good idea, and I totally disagree. And one of the reasons, do you mind if I sidetrack for a second? Go for it. <laughs> one of Tell the us. things that I look at, if you have, if you're paying $2,000 a month in rent, let's just say, and you don't own any real estate right now, what you want to do is look at your rent payments. For every $500 of rent you're paying, you can afford $100,000 of house. So if you're paying $2,000 a month in rent, you could buy a $400,000 house and have the same payment in the form of a house payment or a 30-year mortgage. Because interest rates are so low, it really makes sense to buy a piece of real estate today. Wow. That is pretty cool how you think of it. Thank you. I like that. It's simple. I really, I try to boil things down to their basic level and just look at things in a common sense approach that's more of a layman's language. And instead of, I try not to use the big words in the. Uh, I, I like you keeping it simple. What's that? <laughs> I appreciate that. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Okay, so, Mickey, so. So you buy, so you, you decide, you know, instead of spending this $2,000 a month on rent, I'm going to go buy, but I'm assuming that that is, you're putting down 20%, 20% at least on the home in order to get your payment around that, that amount, is that correct? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, you could say that. 20% or even a little more. I'm calculating in my head loans that we've had a little bit more, maybe. Um, Today, there's banks that'll loan money with as low as 10% down. I mean, the, the banks have loosened up a little bit. You're right, in the last, ever since 2008, the crash we were in, banks have required really hefty down payments. And, and that still may be the case with some banks, and 20% is a good rule of thumb. But there are banks that'll loan with a 10% down payment if you qualify. You know, it depends on your credit, depends on your income. Um, there's programs out there that'll afford a, a little bit lower house pay, or uh, down payment, but but you're really close. You're right on the money. Okay. Okay. Well, that gives gives us all a good idea, and I agree with you. Rent, it's paying rent, stinks. It yeah. stinks. It's like throwing money out the windows. How I've always thought of it. <laughs> so you're paying somebody else's house payment. You are, and it just ouch, ouch. That's not fun. <laughs> no. Okay. So. Now we know about that, but how do you choose someone? You know, like obviously you're a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are really scared of hiring a financial advisor because of the Bernie Maddox of the world yeah. and, you know, some of the banks that have really done horrible things to. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that was terrible. And my, I tell my clients, 
the, the first thing you want to do is work with a financial advisor that's very well-rounded and that's been in the business for a long time. So I don't know what I mean by I've been in the business for over 30 years. That's a long time. But there's advisors out there that have been doing this for 10, 15, and 20 years that are probably pretty good at what they're doing. So I'm not going to slam everybody that does what I do, but there's a lot of crooks out there. So you do have to be careful. So give us some tools on what we should ask, what, where we should look. Um, you know, some people are professional con artists and they can tell you a big game, but how do we look beyond that? How do we do our own research? I, I really think, you know, there, there's a lot of designations and there's a lot of things out there and that doesn't necessarily mean those people are any better than the guy without the designation, but I think the best thing you can remember if you don't want to get scammed is when you write the checks, I do business with all the bigger companies. I, I, I build stock portfolios. So my clients are buying actual stocks, and they're getting statements with the actual stocks on their statements. That way they know they hold those stocks. Bernie Madoff was having his clients write checks to him, to his firm, to his corporation, to his, his, you know, his things he owned. Never write a check to a person's name, their corporation, their asset base. Don't, don't do that. You know, write, write checks to broker-dealers. Broker-dealers are Merrill Lynch, Charles Schwab. My, my broker-dealer is National Planning Corporation. You can look all those things up on the websites and, and check them out and see what their ratings are and see if there's any complaints. And, and you can check complaints on people's licenses. You can check my securities licenses to see if anybody's ever complained about me, which, which they have not. I was just going to ask you, are, is there anything we should know? Okay, well, that's, those are great tips. That's super important because I know I hear this a lot that people are, you know, my grandpa used to say, just put your money under your mattress, which, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's safe. <laughs> and he had his gun right next to his bed, so maybe maybe in danger. That's right. Okay. But, but you okay, want to no. make sure you're investing in, com- you know, stocks, mutual funds. I don't do mutual funds because I think they're a little bit expensive. And I think that they're too broadly based, and I think their investment objectives are too narrow um, in a lot of cases. So, and a lot of them are front-end loaded, and I don't like that. They're expensive to get into some, in some cases. There's no-load funds. Um, but I, I prefer building a stock portfolio for my client and charging a fee for that and sort of building your own little tiny mutual fund based on your needs and your risk tolerance. Okay, so I know you and I talked about this before. When someone comes to you and says, you know what, Mickey, help me out. Here's my information. Where where do we start? And you talked about some of the things that you look at for them and you make some suggestions so that they can start saving money or almost finding money immediately from what they already have. Talk to yeah, me a little exactly. bit about that. There's, there's, I, my, my company, Capital Analyst, this is, this is way back, the first company I worked for in 1983. We did financial planning for business owners, and we would, we would call soft dollars and hard dollars. Soft dollars are, were money that you're already spending. So we would look at, for instance, your life insurance portfolio. How much do you have? What are you spending? Is it cash value? Is it term and then we would price that. And if we could save you money on that, then you would purchase those products from us with soft dollars, money you're already spending. So we weren't really costing you anything, and hopefully we were saving you money. So that, that's kind of the first stab at a financial plan, in my opinion, is to help somebody with their budget 
And I'll even dig down into your auto policies and your liability insurance and your just different things that I'm familiar with that I pay attention to in my life to help me save money. I shop stuff all the time. My auto insurance, my life insurance, my liability insurance, my business insurance, I shop those. You you can't just sit back and let it go forever because rates change and companies change. And I want to hit on that for a second, because I know in owning a business for 25 years, various businesses in 25 years, you say, I always recommend this to others who I speak to who want to go into business or even, you know, like with my son and his friends, I tell them, stay in your zone of genius. And what that means is that you stay in where you are, where you're, where you naturally are good at. (laughs) So if you're like, you know, obviously Mickey, your zone of genius is in the financial world. So people will come to you to help them with that. So yeah. I like that because I don't have time to call. I don't know everything about, you know, car insurance and what's yeah. trending and, and how much I should have. And, you know, I, yeah. I have kind of a general idea, but I absolutely am guilty of not shopping that around. Yeah. Don't have the time. So coming to a person like you, it I'm probably guessing since I haven't done it in a while, mm-hmm. that I'm going to save money right away. So I yeah, think that's, that, that's you know, thing. I feel that way. I, most of the clients I meet with, sometimes they're spending so much money. There's, there's companies I won't name out there that sell a whole life type of um, life insurance. And I like to crunch the numbers and just compare those. There's other companies that do that, that I might do business with, but I, I purport term insurance in most cases. I mean, there's a reason that whole life insurance might make sense in a certain circumstance, but generally speaking, term insurance is so cheap and does such a good job covering just your, you know, if somebody passes away, it pays a death benefit for family needs, estate needs, you know, different kinds of business needs. Term insurance, term life insurance works really good and it's really cheap, to be honest with you. Okay, that's good to know. So we're going to go to a quick break. But when we come back, I have more questions. I want to know about long-term care mm-hmm. insurance. This is a big thing. And then what happens if there is a catastrophic illness or disaster in your world? Um, and then also, I we're going to be talking about three steps we can start taking today to create a sexier retirement. We've hit on some of it, but we're going to go even further. So stay with us. Perfect. Hey. This is me, Dory, and I want to express how grateful I am for you joining me on my show. And for this, I have a very special gift for you that I am super excited to tell you about. It's a tool, and it's a tool that I have for those of you who are in a relationship and maybe feeling frustration and anxiety revolving around this partnership, like all of us do at some point, right? But it doesn't have to stay this way. The tool I'm talking about is my Energized Relationship Quiz. All you do is you simply answer six super simple questions, enter your email, and then my custom diagnosis will pop up and reveal the relationship issue. After that, it'll give you the tools to change your situation starting today, right away, right now. So stop arguing over the same things. Get your relationship back to that healthy and happy place you want it. And laughing with your partner again. Yes, it can happen. Here's the coolest part. It's free. And like I said earlier, it's only six super easy questions. 
So all you have to do is go to my Facebook page, which is the at sign Midori Verity, and type quiz in my messenger, and it'll take you right to the quiz. If you have questions, simply ask me on Messenger and I'll personally answer. In fact, I would love to hear your feedback. So once again, just go to my Facebook page, which is the at sign Midori Verity and type quiz in my Messenger. That's it. I look forward to connecting with you. All right, you guys, thanks for coming back. We are here with Mickey Henderson. He is a financial guru, and we are discovering everything that you should know about finances. By the end of this show, you are going to be a gazillionaire eating caviar and champagne. So this is one that you want to listen to. Okay, maybe not caviar and champagne, but definitely not top ramen. So Mickey, let's talk a little bit more about, you know, my dad's getting older and um, I'm just a little concerned. He did have long-term care insurance and he canceled it. So talk to me about that. So that's, that's tough. Uh, long-term care, I've sold some of those policies way back when, and this is 20 years ago, and they were very popular and they, they were somewhat affordable at that point in time. They've gotten to the point where most of the carriers went out of the business because they underrated their actuaries were just off on the numbers and their claims were higher than their premiums and it just wasn't working for the carriers. So if you got one of those old long-term care policies, please hang on to it. And I would coach you to do that after looking at it, it would be even better. But um, generally speaking, hang on to those things and don't let them lapse. But if you do, there are ways to accomplish pain for long-term care. So figure out what you're going to need. You know, I, I, I know in Sonoma County, there are places that you can get to put your family in. Anywhere between five and $10,000 is what I've heard from a lot of people that I work with. So that they're pretty big numbers. Some of my clients have hired individuals to come into the homes and take care of their families. And that's they give them a room and they let them live at the house. And that seems to be sort of a nice alternative to a long-term care facility. And that can run, you know, you, you give them room and board so you don't have to pay them a whole lot. But a couple grand a month is what I've heard from some of my clients. And that seems like a nice alternative if you can find somebody you trust. And that's not always easy. So the, the last alternative is to save money or invest money or take investment assets and, in, you know, invest them so that you have enough for that final cost, if you will. Okay. So, so kind of set aside a certain amount of money. Is that what you're saying? Knowing that this is going to go towards long-term care? Yeah, it, exactly. You know, I try to look at life as, as buckets. We have all these buckets and I try to fill my buckets up with enough money to accomplish the different things those buckets need to accomplish. So the retirement bucket, the long-term care bucket, the life insurance bucket, the last final costs bucket, you know, the education bucket. There's, there's different pots of money, different buckets of money, different accounts that you'll, you'll need. And it's easier for me to segregate everything and divide it up into pieces and, and look at it as parts and then focus on those parts it seems a little more undaunting, you know, less, less ominous, 
if it's in parts rather than one big huge pot of money that seems like you can never achieve it. I agree with you. I think um, you know, just just even hearing you call it buckets makes it easier for those of us who are not you know concentrating a ton yeah. on on all those different ass you know those different parts of it. So I yeah. think. I like that. I think that's, yeah, that thank makes you. total yeah, sense. So, so if, you, if, if your father has you know, investment money or real estate, or if he has other assets, then there's, there's ways to tap into those assets. And I'm going to throw something out there that's probably out of left field, but I think reverse mortgages might not be a bad idea to look at for, for those kinds of costs. If your father's in his home right now and it's paid for, there are some reverse mortgage companies out there that are very reputable that pay a, you know pay a decent amount of money for the rest of that person's life and it's basically just a mortgage an increasing value mortgage it might start at $5000 and they pay you that much per month so it's a $60,000 a year addition you know 60 120 180 240 you know you're just your mortgage is going up every year but how long Will somebody live in a rest home? The average is probably about five to six years based on statistics. So that's not a bad alternative. So is that kind of the same thing? So if, you know, some of us are, you know, I'm self-employed and our insurance is astronomical. We pay a lot and our, I think our deductible now is $8,500. Yeah, yeah. Where we get covered for almost anything. So, but... God forbid something horrible happens, and yeah, you know what? What's your recommendation there? What should we be planning for? What should we be, you know, what should we do other than trying not to spend any money and saving it all? <laughs> so you're talking about catastrophic. You mean a health issue? Yep. Yeah, you get so, you know, so sickness, or not death. Mm-hmm. Okay, so sickness—that's tough. That's so tough. Yeah, but the medical. Okay, so if you have your medical insurance and you are covered and it's $8,500 deductible, that's nice. You know, your, your stop loss, so to speak, or your, your cap, make sure you're out of pocket is, is not something you cannot afford. You know, I, I do the same thing. I, I have a very high deductible medical plan because I can afford to self-insure up to $10,000 or, what you know, that kind of a number. That's, that's okay. But some people cannot afford that, so they're sort of stuck with that low deductible, expensive premium type of insurance. And, and you really just have to get to a point where you can save enough money to pay that deductible. And it, sometimes it makes sense. Let's just say your insurance premium, your medical insurance premium is $2,000 a month. If you lower your, I'm sorry, if you raise your deductible to $10,000 or some number like that, you may save $1,000 a month on your premium, which is a $12,000 a month savings. And that more than compensates the money you have to, you know, there's your savings to pay your deductible. Yeah. So what I'm hearing from you is you just got to really look at things and look at it and, and actually do a little bit of math. Not hard yeah. math. It doesn't sound like hard math. No, no, it's just, not. It's, it, that's exactly right. You, you just have to... You really have to be conscious. You, you really have to pay attention to, to all the things you have going on in your life. And it is just simple multiplication and division. And, you know, basic high school math can, can accomplish a lot of things. But you have to sit down and crunch those numbers, you know. And that's, 
it's easy for me to do because I've been doing it for a long time. But I think it's just being aware, you know, conversations like this, just being aware. Yeah. And then making them, you know, setting aside that time, even though it's not fun. I mean, yeah. I, even the thought of it to me, I hate, I hate this kind of stuff. But for <laughs> me, I'm like, okay, I need to set aside half a day to go through this. And yes, yes. Yeah. If you want to sit it. down with me, that would be more than, more than okay. That, that would be great. I, I kind of have fun helping people figure out these kinds of things. I, I enjoy it because it's really easy for me. I've been doing it for so long. I eat, breathe, and sleep this stuff. And, you know, I used to do financial plans for people and charge them thousands of dollars. I don't do that so much anymore. I, I, I could sit down on a piece of pa- paper and a pad, and in about an hour, I can write you out a financial plan that used to take me hours and thousands of dollars in time and secretaries. And it, it's not that complicated. Do you think it's not because you've been doing it for so long that you just kind of, it just flows out of you? <laughs> yeah. Is yeah, that I, what it I is? I think that's, just... that's what you get when you hire somebody that has a lot of experience. And you've probably worked with contractors and, and doctors and, you know, different people you interface with that have a lot of experience and are very good at what they do. And it's just easy to work with people like that. Yeah. The people who actually are super knowledgeable makes it much easier and much better. Okay. So you mentioned earlier, you just started to mention something about a 401k oh. and some other things. So let's go there. Let's talk about yeah. that. So that's probably my favorite suggestion for people that are at a company. If you're an employee at a company, or even if you own the company, you're part of the 401k plan, maximize that 401k plan. If you max out your contribution, if you're over age, I think it's 55, you, maybe it's 50, uh, you can put in up to $24,000 a year in your 401k and defer that from your salary. And that's a great way to save because it's not taxable. You're not tr- being taxed on it and trying to save it. It's before taxes. And then when you take it out, how does that work? And then it's fully taxable. So qualified plans is something you may have heard. It's a term. There's qualified and non-qualified, and that's, that's industry speak for me. Qualified means anything that's tax deductible. So your IRA, your SEP IRA, your pension plan, your 401k, your profit sharing, any of those IRS tax deductible plans are going to be tax deductible going in and fully taxable coming out. Okay, got it. So I I want to ask you a little bit more about stocks and bonds and diversifying and and should we go global? You know, with with everything that's going on in the world, (laughs) it's to me, to go global is, is a little frightening, but talk to me a little bit about that. What, yeah. if we really want to get, you know, now maybe we have more time on our hands. And so yeah. we are interested in getting more into stocks and not necessarily bonds, but investing yeah. more. Yeah. And, and bonds are fine once interest rates come back, you know, then you'll start introducing bonds into your portfolio. Okay. And sometimes you can, when interest rates are dropping, bonds will make you a lot of money. When interest rates are going up, bonds will lose money. So they're kind of, they're, they kind of work backwards to how your brain works. When okay. interest rates go up, you want to stay out of bonds. When interest, rates, you know, when interest rates get high, okay, so when I first came in the business in 1983, I was selling universal life insurance, which is all backed by bonds, and we were paying 12% interest rates on your universal life insurance cash values. Crazy numbers. 
12% bonds. I think the 10-year Treasury was somewhere around 10% back then. I mean, th- those were great times to buy bonds. When interest rates were high, those people that bought bonds, and some of my clients did, those people made so much money when interest rates came down, those bond values rose. So uh, it, this gets complicated, but they made a lot of money because rates came down from such a high lofty place. Interesting. Okay. So, so bonds are really, like, really good when interest rates go and, up. Go ahead. So interest rates go up. We wait, we wait, we wait. When interest rates get back to 5 6 7 8%, then it may start being, you know, that, that'll be a great time to start thinking about bonds again. But for the time being, I'm, I'm kind of, I've been very leery in this last, let's just say the last 10 years since the crash of 08, 09. Mm-hmm. I've just been really leery. So I've been, I haven't been very international because the international world seems scary, but international stocks did very good last year, and I missed that. I've been in... S&P 500, Dow Jones, NASDAQ, our, our U.S. exchanges. I've been in U.S. domestic stocks for the last few years, and we've done okay. Last year, my average stock portfolio was up about 17%. Not breaking any records, but a, a decent return. That's pretty good, yeah. So that's, that's my strategy, and I, what I do is I run stock reports on every stock that I put in a portfolio, and I'll go over them with my clients and show them the buy, sell, outperform, underperform. There's recommendations on all these stocks on the reports that I get. And these stock analysts, they crunch all the numbers, and they've got their ideas just based on the numbers. You know, there's no emotion in that. And I'm looking at stocks that have, oh, 10, 20, 30, 40% upside in one year. That's how they gauge a stock. They give it a one-year target price. For instance, uh, Google right now is at 938, somewhere around there, and it's supposed to go to 1,049. So that's just a little over a 10% return over the next year. Well, I'm a big fan of Google, so I'm buying that for my clients. That's not a huge return. There's other stocks in in my portfolios that have 40% upside um, so that's what I do with my stock portfolios, and I run reports. So if there's no emotion involved, and there's no, there's no, um, there's no funny business to to speak. No funny business. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, we've talked about so many things. We I know we have covered some of this, but for people who are listening, I don't want to go into too much of you know, like we could go into you know stops and all that kind of stuff. But I think yeah. that's that's a different conversation. Yeah. Are there three steps that people can start taking today to start helping them, simple steps that they can start taking today to create a sexier retirement? I, you know what I would do? I would, I think that the first step they could take is most people in America probably are involved in a 401k plan. Mm -hmm. So the first, the first thing I would coach my client to do if he or she were in a 401k plan is to maximize or go to the highest limit that they possibly can on on putting money into that 401k and that can be as high as 24,000 if you're over 50 and as high as 18,000 if you're under 50 per year okay great so that's number 1 number 2 i think most people, if you don't have life insurance, just to meet final needs. So you're, you and your spouse are both married. You both have full-time careers. 
They're both making decent money. What if something happens to that spouse and you're, you, you lose their salary and you have two children that have to go to college? What do you do? I use life insurance to solve those problems in case something happens. And I think that if you already have life insurance, I think if you reviewed it and just bought some kind of a policy that just, just the length of time that you need. So t- term insurance comes in 10-year term time frames, 20-year and 30-year time frames. And that's usually long enough to get you out there where your needs are sufficient. You don't need the life insurance anymore once you get out there so far that you've accumulated everything. You're, you're set. Your house is paid for. Your children are through college. You have savings in the bank. You don't need that life insurance past a certain age, and that's up to you. But buy the one that makes sense. But you could probably save money if you looked at buying insurance today. And, and, and look at the numbers. Look what you're paying. But you can probably save money on that if you just priced it around. Mortality rates just came down recently with the 2012 new mortality tables. People are living oh. longer. Things are cheaper. They are living longer or they aren't living longer? They are. People are living much longer. Okay. Yeah, Hard that's what I guess. thought. Okay. So life insurance is getting cheaper. You know, if you, when people die sooner, life insurance gets more expensive. More expensive. Okay. Well, that's good to know because ours is coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then what's step three? Step three, I think if I would buy real estate if you're not, you know, I think that's, I think real estate, 401k plans and life insurance I would hit on those three areas if I had to give you just a down and dirty financial plan. That would help so many people if they just pay attention to those three areas and and really shop around and and do a good job and invest properly. And in your 401k, you know, invest in growth if you're young. You have some growth funds. Just stick to growth. And life insurance go with term. And buy a piece of real estate if you're paying rent. Rents are pretty high today compared to house payments because of our low interest rate environment. So with a you know generally four percent is pretty easy to come by on a thirty year mortgage. And there's a lot of three point seven fives out there right now. House payments are dirt cheap compared to what they used to be. Yeah, and I think I love that, Mickey, because you made it so simple. The way that you just talked about it, it was it's so approachable, and it just makes sense. And it's is something that we can all start to focus on. So I appreciate that. Maybe we will go buy another piece of property for our kids in college. We'll see. We'll Well, see. You know, that's a great idea. Yeah, instead of paying the dormitory fees or rent to somebody else, that one of my other clients just recently bought a house in Santa Rosa for their kids to go to college at the junior college. And yeah, instead of paying and rent they get for roommates kids, to help pay for the pay the, pay the rent. Yeah, you know. So yeah, there's just things that just make sense. I agree. I agree. So we do have to go to another quick commercial. Sure. But when we come back, we are playing games. So come on back. Be right in two minutes. Hey, this is me, Dory. And I want to express how grateful I am for you joining me on my show. And for this, I have a very special gift for you that I am super excited to tell you about. It's a tool. And it's a tool that I have for those of you who are in a relationship and maybe feeling frustration and anxiety revolving around this partnership, like all of us do at some point, right? 
but it doesn't have to stay this way. The tool I'm talking about is my Energized Relationship Quiz. All you do is you simply answer six super simple questions, enter your email, and then my custom diagnosis will pop up and reveal the relationship issue. After that, it'll give you the tools to change your situation starting today, right away, right now. So stop arguing over the same things. Get your relationship back to that healthy and happy place you want it and love being with your partner again. Yes, it can happen. Here's the coolest part. It's free. And like I said earlier, it's only six super easy questions. So all you have to do is go to my Facebook page, which is the at sign Midori Verity and type quiz in my messenger and it'll take you right to the quiz. If you have questions, simply ask me on Messenger and I'll personally answer. In fact, I would love to hear your feedback. So once again, just go to my Facebook page, which is the at sign Midori Verity and type quiz in my Messenger. That's it. I look forward to connecting with you. Welcome back, everyone. We are here with Mr. Mickey Henderson, and we are talking all about finances. And the good news is I feel so confident now that I know what to do. I am going to go out and buy some caviar and just killer champagne. That's, <laughs> you think that's a good idea? Is that what I should do, Mickey? Sure. You, you can come over and have some. Okay, good. It's a deal. Okay, sounds good. Okay, so we are now at our game part of our show. We are about to play intriguing and risque table topics. Okay, Mickey, how this works is I'm going to approach a subject and mm-hmm. give me your thoughts. It's a discussion. We're just chatting and it, it helps us get to know you better. Okay. But I like this question. So here it is. <laughs> when is it okay for parents to spy on their kids? Boy, I think it's okay. And I don't believe in that spying thing. But if I did, I think I would want to do it if I thought they were going to hurt themselves. Okay. So like, would you follow them around? Would you look at their cell phone? Would you track them? Would you hire a private eye? How far would you go? Mm, I wouldn't do any of those things you just mentioned, but I probably, I talk to my kids like adults and I've done that since they were two years old. So I would just sit them down because I have that kind of a relationship with my kids and probably have a discussion with them about my concerns and get some feedback. Okay. Okay, so you would just have an open conversation. Yes, I wouldn't sneak around. I think that's deceitful. Yeah, I agree. Or if I did, I would let them know. I think it's okay to say, hey, I found this. I'm your parent, and this is very concerning to me. I think that's okay. Yeah. Right? I think as long as you're honest with your kids about everything, I think that's great. Yeah, they may be really upset that I went through their wallet. I was just talking to a parent the other day, and he calls the wallet the condom holder. Oh, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, at least they carry him. At least, yeah, I have no problem with that. I think it's good. I think it's smart. <laughs> but, okay, on to the next question. Mm-hmm. Which virtue is the most difficult to keep? And you have to be honest. I forgot to tell you this, Mickey. Okay. You super honest, and there's no, like, fluff here. you got to tell us exactly... Okay. So which virtue do you kind of suck at keeping? 
Virtue, virtue, virtue. Honesty. I'm selfish. You're selfish. I'm very selfish. What do you mean? Oh, I think about myself and what I want probably more than I think about what others need. In in all aspects or just in... Um, no, more... I'm probably talking relationship at this point, you know? And that's something I work on. I try to work on that. Thinking about my wife, putting her first before me. My, it's easier for me to put my children first before me, and that's kind of, I don't understand that, but um, just I have really thought about that before. But that's, how, that's kind of how I feel. Okay, yeah, and I bet if we talked to your wife, she'd agree with you. I, I <laughs> that's bet my she guess. Would. <laughs> my virtue that I, you know, my, the biggest thing that I want all the time is I want to have fun. I want to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. And so if something is boring me, I don't know what virtue this would be, but if something is boring me, I have a hard time staying committed. I will. Yeah. But I really, really hate it. I'm with so you. I you know, I just, I just turned 60 years of age and that seems like ancient to me because I don't feel like that. But in the last couple of years, different people will invite us to do different things. And I've just reached the point in my life where it's like, no, I don't like going there. I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. And I've, I've started being more honest with my wife about the things that I want to do recreationally and that kind of stuff. Okay. Well, okay, so let's go there really quick, Mickey, since I am a marriage coach. Let's talk about that. So are there things that, like, your wife's name is Zena. I'm just going to say that. Is Zena, who is darling. I absolutely adore her. (laughs) Thank you. Are there things that she wants to do and and you have no interest in? You're like, yeah, let's not do it. Yes, yes. Oh, Um, hmm. Yes. She, she wants to do certain things, and so we had a discussion about it. I said, I really don't want to do that, but you can. And she said, okay, so her girlfriends decided not to make it a couple's trip, but make it a girl's trip to do this thing that they were going to do. And she went with the girls and had a blast. And I, it, we talked about it beforehand, and she said, you know, you don't have to, if you don't want to do something, I shouldn't make you. We shouldn't have to do everything together. I should be able to do things on my own. So we worked that out that way. I think that's a good way to do it. But are there, I totally agree. I think we all should have our own, our own time and the things that we do by ourselves. So we aren't totally reliant on our partners always being there. Yeah. So I I think that's a smart way of handling it. But are there ever times where she's like, you know, Mickey, I really love doing X, Y, or Z and you never want to come. And I would so appreciate if you did. Is it, is there anything like that? Um, not really, because if she really wants to do something, then I, I kind of feel like I should do that. <gasps> Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> Thanks. Good job, Mickey. I like oh. that. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's move on to something else. When you try to forgive, how do you release your anger? When I try to forgive? Yeah, it's kind of an awkward question, isn't it? When you try to forgive, how do you release your That's a great question, because there's some family that I have that I have a hard time forgiving for some things. And and what was the question? What do I do with my anger? Yeah. How do you like, you know, because sometimes we're really upset with someone, but we know that we should forgive them because the anger isn't going to help us. Yeah. 
So, you know, how do you, do you release it? Do you just choose to ignore it? Do you kind of let it fester even though you're I, trying? I kind of choose to ignore. I'm pretty good at ignoring things and putting them on a shelf and, and not paying attention to them. So I'm it's afraid. not festering necessarily. It's, yeah, it's your it's way not, of dealing with it. You kind of release it a little bit in a way. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I release it. I um, I, I call it a shelf, you know, because it's always there and I know it's there, but I, if I, I'm pretty good at ignoring those kinds of things and not, they don't affect me maybe. Do you I, feel like that comes with age? Like as you mature, you know, no, yeah. actually I'm taking that back because you see some people who get, as they get older, they get more grumpy and mean. Yeah. I've seen it both ways. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like, I don't know why people don't get wiser. I was lucky enough to have grandparents that seemed to get wiser as they got older and they were calmer and more fun to be around and I feel like that's where I'm headed I hope that's where I'm headed but I feel calmer the older I get the calmer I feel and my anger my temper is diminishing the older I get the I think that's right you know another thing I did about a year and a half ago was I stopped drinking alcohol and not because I really had a problem I don't think but I, I just didn't like it it wasn't I wasn't feeling good I was getting headaches and it was making me dried out. I just, just for health purposes, I stopped for a month. It turned into two months. It turned into three months, and it's turned into 18 months now, or 19 maybe. Um, but I just feel so much better, and I, I feel like that's really helping my, my growth, my personality, my relationship. Interesting. It wasn't something that you were looking for. It's just the byproduct of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It was, it was more just a health, but you know, I was, I wanted to be more healthy. And, yeah. And I like that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I, I noticed that I drink less than I, I used to and yeah, it just isn't, it's not the same as it once was. Yeah. yeah. When I was younger, I, I mean, I loved the party. I probably drank more than I should have, but, but it was something I just did. And it's something I just kind of grew away from, perhaps. Yeah, I, th- I think it's good. You're evolving. Oh, so, thanks. Mickey, I could talk to you all day long. Just in <laughs> general. I could just, in general, talk to you all day long. <laughs> Me too. But I know that you have a generous offer for our listeners. You have offered a complimentary consultation for any serious individual who wants help with their financial portfolio. So I think that is very generous, but I think, you know, for all of you listening, don't take advantage of that unless you are, he said, serious. And so, you know, if you're just kind of like, maybe, you know, I'm very busy, but if you're serious, I don't mind. I don't mind talking to anybody that's serious about these kinds of things. Yeah. So, and obviously Mickey has tons of experience and he's very, um, I, I am going to say trustworthy and I, I encourage you to do that. So if you are looking for someone to help you out with that, to go over, to review stuff for you, contact Mickey and Mickey, your email address, will you say it for us real yeah, quick? It's Mickey L Henderson at gmail.com. And that's M I C K E Y L H E N D E R S O N at gmail.com. And as always, that will be on our web, my website, midoriverity.com forward slash show. And just look for Mickey Henderson and that information will be there for you. So Mickey, thank you so much for sharing this wealth of information. And, You're very welcome. Yeah. And, and giving us a little bit more, uh, I think, confidence in approaching our finances. Well, so good. I appreciate it. I'm glad.
So next week, I hope you guys all come back because I have the most darling girl coming on to that girl. She's a woman. Her name is Marcy Morrison and she's a friend of mine. She's amazing. She is absolutely incredible, but she helps people of all ages, all backgrounds change careers. So regardless of what stage you're at in life, if you are not happy where you are and you've always thought, gosh, I would love to go into this field, but I just haven't had the courage. I don't know how. Make sure you come back because these, all these concepts are designed to help you have that thriving life that you design and that you want to live by. So that's what I present every week. So make sure you come back until next time. Remember the gratitude attitude Go home and say something sweet to your partner that you appreciate and that you're grateful for in them and watch your relationship blossom. All right, you guys, until next time, thanks for being with me. Thanks for listening to the Kick-Ass Relationship Show with Midori Verity. We hope you've enjoyed the show and want to share the love by passing on our web address, midoriverity.com forward slash show to your friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out our archive section on our website for previous shows. This has been a Midori Verity International production. Join us next time on the Kick-Ass Relationship Show to add passion and fun to enjoy the most extraordinary relationship and life.